Welcome to the final interview of Let's Talk About It Series 1. This is Episode 6. This last episode is with me. I gave Andy the host microphone and the list of questions and he was the interviewer and I was the interviewee. I thought that would be a better way than me just talking at you for 20 minutes answering the questions myself. So I hope you enjoy the last interview of series one where Andy interviews me. Okay, so it's time to turn the tables. I'm Andy, and I'm going to be interviewing Lee about his involvement in Movember. So it is Movember the 13th today. So Lee, welcome. Thank you. Um, Welcome to my own podcast. (laughs) Welcome to your own (laughs) podcast. Thanks for having you. Um, Anytime. Just a quick one to get started. How would you describe the current state of your mo? Um, appropriately dirty. Appropriately dirty. Yes. I know probably... Inappropriately (laughs) dirty. Inappropriately dirty was probably a couple of days ago. Um, and inappropriately dirty would be this level of moustache in any other month of the year. But for the 13th of November, um, it's right where it should be for my ability to grow facial hair. (laughs) It is very, uh individual isn't it the ability to grow yeah it's not like we sit around on a couch just squeezing it out (laughs) one of my other (laughs) guests um and it'll probably come up in his interview um wrote on his uh mo space that for the first 23 years of my life i haven't been able to grow facial hair i'm 24 and nothing's changed so he's focusing on the move (laughs) part of november much more than the facial hair well it's a great reason to have the move because not everybody can grow a mustache so moving on from that i think that's a great lead into the next question is why are you doing movember so for me uh movember is all about the conversation um obviously fundraising the money uh is a huge part of the support uh for mental health uh and men's health in general but the ability for Movember to start conversations um, is the big, the big ticket uh, for me, and the big reason that I come back to it every every couple of years. Sure, and so that's a that leads into my next question: is you've done Movember before? How many times now? Yeah, I think I think this is my fourth. Uh, I haven't done them consecutively. Um, there's probably been two or three years in between, um, depending on what's going on. Um, my brother's, my brother got married in November, in November one year. Um, so his wife didn't allow me as the best man. Um, (laughs) She didn't want her, uh, wedding photos tainted. Well, you can see what the November, uh, 13 Mo looks like. And I think they got married on the 14th. So this wouldn't have looked great in the photos, but I do keep coming back to it to participate myself uh, every two or three years, um, but certainly every year, um, whichever of my Mobros are getting involved, um, I certainly support them each year. 
That's terrific. And why do you choose Movember as a, as a campaign as opposed to other similar campaigns? What was it about Movember that appealed to you? Well, I think with my passion about talking about men's mental health particularly, I think the um, obviousness of Movember um, is a big part of what brings that conversation out, which is the, which is the part that I'm most passionate about. And so I think the obviousness, together with the fact that it goes for 30 days, um, really lends itself well to the conversation. Right, so you find the visibility of growing a mo. Yeah. Encourages people to say, hey, why have you got that dirty yeah. cookie duster on your lip you know or are you doing Movember and then the com- and then the thing can be you know why are you doing Movember or yeah I'm doing Movember because whatever yeah and that um, and that's that's more uh, visible and it's more accessible and it's more long running than like a fun run or you know selling chocolates for a week um, at your desk uh, and I think that makes it a really uh, beneficial cause beyond the fundraising. So, the next thing I'd like to ask you is, how are you right now? So, right now, I'm coming out of a bit of a rough patch. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a very long rough, rough patch. I had a bit of a rough weekend. Um, but... I think for me, I know that those patches happen occasionally. Um, and so it's, it feels almost like a reset button. Like I generally feel like I get overwhelmed by stuff and then it all kind of blows up, which I know is not a coping mechanism. Um, but it's kind of a reset and then lets me uh, assess where I am and how I am. Um, but, but I think, think each time, time that happens, um, I'm getting better at dealing with it, and the roughness um, is a little bit less each time. So right now, I'm okay, having come out of a bit of a rough patch. That's great. That's great. I think it's yeah. really important to recognise, like you said, that, that rough patches do happen. Yeah. Yeah, and the length of, of and the length of time of the roughness. You know, so, some of us, and I have had, you know, a couple of weeks where everything is very difficult. Um, but then, you know, this was kind of Saturday night, Sunday, were a bit shit. Um, oh, now I have to put the explicit warning on the podcast. Um, but you know, we come through them. Um, we certainly can, yeah. Yeah, and we, and I think... Rec- recognising that they are normal. Yeah. And being able to deal with them in more or less healthy ways is, is definitely yeah. very important. Certainly. being 
not so great. What would you suggest to them in terms of trying to start to get things back on the right track? I think um, for me, and I think I feel like sometimes this um, advice differs from the advice of other people. I take quite an analytical approach to it. And so when I'm having an issue, I try to work out what is causing the issue. Uh, and I know part of mental health, there's not necessarily a trigger or a cause uh, for a like a depressive or an anxious episode. But in trying to work out uh, what is the cause can help us work out whether there is a cause, if that, if that makes sense, whether there are things that are impacting um, our mental health or whether it's just a part of our mental health cycle, so to speak. And I think if I can... Mm, certainly just extrapolate on that a little bit certainly i found in my own mental well-being um, i'm very lucky in that i've never experienced uh, any kind of clinical mental mm. health issues but i've certainly had my ups and downs and and we all do as we all do Yeah, and that and that's kind of my next step. And as I was saying before, each of these kind of rough patches that I've had, um, as I go along, they get a little bit less, less in, in terms, terms of, of their roughness and get a little bit less in terms of their time. Um, and I think a part of that has been that analysis of what is happening, why it's happening, and then what can I do to improve it, what can I do to reduce uh, to reduce the impact of it happening again? I feel um, there are so many people out there that are willing to help. Um, there are so many professionals out there um, that are willing and highly capable um, in terms of helping that access to these resources is much easier than we think. Um, and certainly much easier than we think when we're having an issue because um, as you know many of our listeners will know how clouded our thinking gets when we're having um, issues that we sometimes forget 
that every GP, um, you know, the G is for general. They have training in all medical, physical and mental um, illness. And so it's as easy, like from my house, I can walk to two different GPs. And so I think that's the case for a lot of people, that the access to these resources is so easy, um, but occasionally forgotten. So that's my advice. If you, you're having trouble with your own coping mechanism, um, then there are plenty of resources very easily accessible um, with people who are qualified and experienced um, in assisting. And so, lastly, I'd like to talk about what you think are the biggest issues facing the challenges around men's mental health in particular at the moment. I think the breadth of mental health issues is a challenge in that I think there's still a lot of people that go... Uh, that think about mental illness as suicidal. And th there's such a breadth of mental illness, there's such a breadth within mental illness in terms of both degree and effect, you know, stress, anxiety, depression, you know, just to name a couple. And then within each of those, there's such a breadth of effect that I think we need to open our thinking um, in terms of addressing all of these issues. Um, and so I think as something like Movember helps to normalise... Helps to normalise the conversation, um, then I think that goes a long way to addressing that breadth of mental challenges that men face. exists on a spectrum from very well to very unwell. Yeah. And I think um, the more we acknowledge that, that spectrum spe and the different ways in which it affects different people, um, then the way in which we deal with mental health as a community and as a society will improve as well. Thank you. Thank you for flipping the switch um, over to your other microphone. My pleasure. Thank you. So that's it for episode six and for series one of interviews. I hope you've enjoyed every episode this season and you've subscribed to make sure you know when season two is going to come out at some point in 2020. Check out more of my work at leecolehayhow.com. Thank you to Odd Socks Entertainment for producing this season of Let's Talk About It. Head to oddsocksentertainment.com.au for more information about their work. Mm -hmm.